Justin, we're recording on a Tuesday night, which is pretty late for us, um, considering our episodes come out on Wednesdays. And uh, I, I had to cancel recording yesterday, uh, kind of day of, um, because I, I did something Sunday night um, that has sort of hindered my abilities. Um, so I ended up sort of getting two you have spont- White Castle. I, I got two spontaneous piercings in my ear. Oh, that has definitely impacted the way that I'm able to wear headphones. As you can see, this is on my fully on my temple. Uh, um, wait, so wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, like full stop. The reason we didn't record yesterday was because of that. It hurts so bad. Oh dude. no! <laughs> and oh, so like no. I knew, I knew that like because you know we were texting about it and I was like I can, it will just be bad. <laughs> like, it will be a bad episode. Um, and I'm to be honest, I'm a little glad we did wait though because of there is some interesting news stuff did actually happen today that I think is yeah. I'm excited to talk about like freshly you know um, as opposed to in a week. But like yes, because so I got two uh, uh, pier- ear piercings, um, and I didn't really like. I was explaining this to Elena. She said to me, like, that's crazy that you just did that. You got two on the same ear and on the same day. That's like like, not common. I was like, yeah, like what? And she was like, well, most people would wait because they're painful. And and she was like, I was in a lot of pain yesterday. And she was like, because like, imagine like the pain you're in right now, but like put it in half. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that would be better, you know? <laughs> Though, to a certain degree, it's not like an easy 50-50, because there is swelling and stuff that would happen, so there is pain. It's just like a bigger pool of pain with more like initial spots. So like, it technically, pro- there's like a, where are those, vent- like a concentric circles that kind of like, or Venn diagram. Venn diagram, yeah. Yeah, so there is some overlap, so maybe it's more intense there, but it's also less area. It is. I mean, it's it's in two different places. So basically, I got. I, I can sort of show you. Uh, All right, here we go. I don't know how well this is gonna go. Speak loud because I'm just gonna hold my headphones open. Um, I got the top. You can't see this fucking at all. No, I, no, I see it. I see two dot. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here, I'm Watch waiting for this. this. I can I can zoom this. Okay, here. We, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can sort of see, I've got. It's called the orbital, which is the one on bottom or the conch. Um, so basically, it goes all the way around the like full side of my ear and then i got a helix which is up top in the cartilage um and oh those are i feel them in both places let me say Uh, that (laughs) yeah yeah i'm wow um i so i have my ear pierced right i was gonna and that was my question is because i know that you have or had yeah one of your ears pierced i remember that it's still like one one of my party tricks. Like I'll be like at like school and there'll be like a loose earring on the ground and I'll just be like, Oh, I wonder if this fits. And I'll like put it in the hole still. Um, but I have one of my ears pierced. Uh, I kind of stopped for the lamest reason possible. I just like, I would use, you're supposed to take them out when you sleep. I think sometimes do you take like, maybe not the cartilage, but like the bottom part. I, they, I mean, I'm still in the healing process, so I've not taken this out at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just cleaned it, but. But I, I kept sleeping on them, and then I just, ra- like, they bent them, and the backings fell off, and I lost them. Sure. And I just stopped wearing it when I didn't have any more. Um, but I distinctly remembered, you probably went to a tattoo shop to get that done. I did. Did you go to Claire's? I went to fucking Claire's, yeah, man. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And not Bad only did ass. I go to, not only did I go to Claire's, the person in front of me was a baby it was a fucking child like a not not even like maybe like about you know a year old if that being held by the mom and it was sleeping so they go in with the first gun and they like get the ear and the baby just wakes up (laughs) okay 
no, no, no tears, no crying. I'm like, all right, what a good, well-behaved baby. And then they get the other ear, and boy, did that thing like start that, huh? crying. Um, so again, I'm sitting there fully like 16, 17 years old when I'm getting this done. A baby just got it, appears in front of me. <laughs> um, so then, so then, as they're like getting the the table prep for me. I'm like, I'm just wondering, has there ever been like a, like an adult in here that has cried like that when they got their <laughs> ear piercing? And she's like, well, not at Eclairs, but I saw someone get the rod through yeah, their ear. Yeah. And she said he, he cried just like a little baby the whole time, like after that happened. And I was like, oh, OK, so good to know. So that was almost what I did. I almost did the industrial oh, bar. Oh, no. Um, oh, I was no. Because I was with my friend Matt, who you know, and he yeah. has his, the industrial bar. Yeah. And when we were in high school, he and I were like, we're going to get him together. But for uh-huh. various reasons, I couldn't. Um, and so he was like, are we about to do this right now? And I was like, I like it on you, but I don't think I would like it on me. But I do want these two. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so but it, it was interesting because the lady who was doing it, she was really nice. But she said, like, um, she said that the reason why industrial bars hurt so bad for a lot of people when they get pierced is because it is two holes that are connected so if you knock one of them you get hurt in the other one Ooh, you know what I mean? oh yeah 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 and, and so like it, it's not the same for me obviously because the two of mine are not connected at all but it is one of those things where like oh i hit one side of my ear and i do feel it in the other you know what i mean um also is the industrial bar just like a longer diameter um it depends elena was also saying that like i got really bit like large gauged like I, they're hoops for those listening. I don't have studs. They're just hoops. And she was saying that I like the, the gauge I got, it was like pretty large, which <laughs> I, the, I saw my nose pierced as well. And like, I got way too large a gauge for my nose when that happened. And that was my first piercing. So I had no idea about it. Um, and like, <laughs> basically like sometimes I, like, I'm not usually the type of person who does not speak up if they're uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Especially about something yeah. like this, like, like when I got my nose done, I remember seeing the the um like the ring and being like, "Now that's a little big." <laughs> you know what I mean? But like I, I was a little intimidated and a little too nervous to really say anything about it. And I do like it, but it was one of those things where like the gauge was pretty thick, you know. Um, yeah. But also, I don't know. I had no like uh, I have no like for, like what's the word like frame of reference for it. So I'm like, eh, it's gonna hurt anyway. So I might as well just do it all right now. Now, can you take your nose piercing out without it closing up again? Um, I'm not sure because I've been told that nose piercings, like, they close up really quick. Um, but I've had this in for five years at this point. And I've never taken it out. Well, I've taken it out twice. Um, once was on accident um, because the I've got like a it's, – it's a, it's a like full ring, but it's got a stud in the center of it. And the stud fell out once because oh. um, I was playing with it. Okay. And then oh. – the whole I was like, oh, I want to see what I look like without this. I took it out. And I, I, like, I, you say, I was I was washing my face and I was drying off with a towel and it got jagged on the <laughs> nope, towel. Nope, and no, OK, nope. good, good, good. That's that's like a, I was um, worried. <laughs> I had to take it out fully, though, for um, I had surgery um, early, earlier this year and they said that I had to take it out. Um, so I don't know. Question, like, surgery was on your wrist. Wrist. Correct. Yeah, and they were so, like, no. They were afraid of me. <laughs> and I'm sure you didn't ask why. Nope. Maybe I did. I was. They put me under some pretty heavy drugs, so maybe I was feeling a little chatty about it. Maybe they didn't even tell you to take the the ear, the, the piercing out. <laughs> yeah, You're just, I, just, like, I, I was like, yeah, I got this, guys. Yeah. Safe. Um, but so so like that one, like I've been told, will close up pretty pretty quickly. But again, like because the gauge of the ring is like pretty thick, I worry that it won't. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. and, like it's fine. Yeah. Like I don't have any intentions of taking it out necessarily. But like if I ever wanted to, like I worry that it's not going to like close up super neatly. Um, even if it, does, yeah. if it doesn't, though, like it's like a small dot on my nose. It's not like I care, you know, but yeah, yeah. Could put a nice little diamond in there or something. Yeah. Oh, let me say this, though. Well, the, first of all, the, I got the nose ring um, when I was in Australia and the first place I wanted to go, I was like, can I have a ring? And they were like, you have to start with the stud. Otherwise, it'll get really infected. And I was like, bye. OK, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I called a different place at a mall. The first place was like a super legit, super like very like like sanitized, like very legitimate place that was going to do this. And the second place was at a mall. If that sort of like gives Claire's. you some reference. It was not a Claire's. No, um, it was just a ta- uh, not a tattoo place, but it's just for piercings. Um, oh, okay. And I called them. I was like, can you just give me a ring? And they're like, yeah. And then it got super fucking infected <laughs> for like six full months. Hmm. Um, but what I'm trying to say is we delayed this podcast for you, dear listener, because I was in pain. And even though it would have been way more convenient for us to do yesterday, as we always do, we did this because it's a better show. <laughs> it's hitbox. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 163 now with 50 percent more piercings you have one i had one plus two or 100 percent uh yeah yeah yeah. double we've doubled up our piercings yes correct i'm not really contributing that much to this uh increase but i'm proud of you for doing it thanks man i'm I'm happy to sort of carry the team here in this regard yeah. Uh, but my name is Peter Hunspedek, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. Justin, how's it going, man? Good? Things going good? Uh, man, I had a, a long weekend. We had conferences on Thursday and Friday of last week, parent-teacher conferences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the way it works at our school, we have a Thursday that kind of sucks, because we have like a day of school, and then we have conferences till like 8.30 at night. And then the next day, we have conferences from the morning until like 11, but then we get the rest of the day off on Friday. So I was off at 11 o'clock on Friday, and boy, I walked out. The sun, it had that like fall look to it. The sky was blue. Um, And then Monday, I was off because it was Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday. Uh, so I was also off. So I, I had some time off of work. So going back today was a bit of a downer. You know, like I bet, once you're I bet. starting to be accustomed to not being back to school. Um, did you get um, did you get some gaming in? That sounds like prime I, time for for playing some video games. I did, in fact, play some video games this weekend. <laughs> well, I, Justin, am very excited to hear about it. Can I give you a quick preview of what we're going to talk about in the news? Let's do it. Um, PlayStation 5 Slim is real and it's coming out later this year. Redfall is finally back ish. Is it? We'll find out in a bit. Back. The Last of Us multiplayer, uh, the Last of Us 2 multiplayer seems to be canned for real this time, guys. I promise. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about all those headlines and more. Before we do, I want to tell you to join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. To follow us on Twitter, slash X, whatever you want to call it, at HitboxPod, to review the show on your podcast player of choice. And if you 
are feeling monetarily generous. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll and like Dave Parker every single week. Those deluxe podcast producers get an additional 30-minute bonus episode. This week, we're talking about Assassin's Creed, um, a lot more in-depth, uh, uh, like the series as a whole, because, Justin, you've recently played Assassin's Creed 2, partially. I have been playing Assassin's Creed Mirage, which we're going to get into, um, but we're going to talk about all that on the bonus episode. I think it's going to be really uh, a good conversation because I've, I've got a lot of thoughts about the Assassin's Creed series right now. Um, but if you're interested in that, deluxe podcast producer tier, uh, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Uh, anyway, Justin, want to go to the Metacritic Roundup? Let's see what's going on in Metacritic land. Metacritic Roundup. Let me just be the first one to say, Justin, I loved that. You took a risk there, and I, it paid off. I well, really I liked also- that. Thank you. I did the let's do it for the headlines by you accident. So well, like, I also I like can't. I threw it to you to be like ask. Do you want to hear the headlines? And you were like, I could tell I, I caught you off guard. I was like, you, uh, you, had, you had let's do it loaded up for when I threw it to you. So And then the chamber was empty. I had to come up with something new, throw whatever was in that. You took Ow. the leap and, and, and I think you, you landed very gracefully. First <laughs> thing you. in the Metacritic Roundup is Forza Motorsport. This scored an 85 on the Xbox Series X. And an 84 on PC, um, it is not coming to Xbox One, and obviously it is not on um, PlayStation or anything else. Justin, what do you, uh, how do you take this? Seems to score well for a Forza game on Game yeah, Pass, I, mean, I imagine. Uh, I, let me say, this game looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Other than that, don't know if it's a game for me, my friend, but like legitimately watching some of this played uh, with ray tracing when they're doing that. I don't know if you've seen any of the footage of it um, from the hood. And it's like, you're just like looking like down at the oh, hood and the, the, like, reflections the reflections. And stuff. Yeah. It is like so gorgeous. Like I, it, it's almost like to a point where I can't believe that this is a video game that we're watching <laughs> like yeah. at a certain point. Um, and I mean, it's, it's one of these more, it's a sim like game, correct? It's more sim like than arcadey, right? Yeah, I think that's the difference between motorsport and um, for like Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon. Yeah, I think Forza Horizon. That's the one that we played what two years ago, which was just like doing, you know, drifts <laughs> in Mexico. And, yeah, and like and racing is, airplanes yeah. and things like being launched out of airplanes and stuff like that. Like just like crazy stuff, but. Hey, I mean, this looks like another uh, good, good kind of like racing sim game if you're into that. Um, and just for comparison, um, what was the most uh, recent Gran Turismo game um, that seven? came out? Was it seven? Or are you talking Gra- about the movie with David Harbour <laughs> and Elijah Wood? Not Elijah Wood. Th- um, the Orlando movie Gran, Gran Torino with Clint Eastwood playing a racist old man who befriends his local um, uh, uh, not white neighbor. Um, and somehow forms a friendship with him. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not, but um, I have seen... No, I didn't. I was going to say I've seen the Gran Turismo movie. I almost did, and then I didn't. Um, instead, I saw The Expendables 4. That's okay. true. That, did you see 1, 2, or 3? Nope. Cool. Did Were you lost? Was I lost during The Expendables 4? No. It was, <laughs> um, believe it or not, a pretty straightforward movie, man. Oh, okay. A bunch of guys with um, steroids punching each other, probably. It was, It was. by the way, let me just tell you this. Um, Expendables 4, if you can see that with a buddy um, on like a $5 Tuesday, um, you're not going to have a better time. Let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and my friend, we had, maybe my friend Kevin, we had a fucking very good time seeing Expendables 4. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, 
Um, you were saying, but, sorry, back, about Gran back Turismo to 5 or Gran 7, Turismo maybe? 7 was the most recent yeah. one, and that scored an 87 on Metacritic. Uh, Metacritic. <laughs> Metacritic. Um, and an 82 on the PS4. Um, but the user ratings uh, are 2.3 on that, so, you know, some, some BS went down with that game. I feel like there was a lot of... Um what was it? There was like a lot of microtransaction stuff, wasn't there? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think as, I think that exists in the other ones too, in, in Forza as well. But I'm not sure. It's like a live service game, kind of. Um, yeah. But I think it's really uh, said best by uh, Abdo Seven, who gave it a zero and just said, "Literally trash." Finally, finally, However, someone spitting the truth. Mad Br quips back. And gives it a ten, saying best car game. <laughs> so then, who who are we to even trust? Um, I, I don't know at this point, but uh, um, basically, if you have an Xbox and you were staring at your Sony friends, being like, "Oh, I wish I had a good real sim car racing game," you got one, and it looks pretty. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't really know how to like what to make out of any of the reviews. I didn't watch a ton of them because I'm just not that interested in Forza Motor- Motorsport. Um, so I'm not really sure like what separates it specifically from something like Forza Horizon 5, which scored a 92 on Metacritic um, for uh, Xbox Series X. Um, you know what I'm saying? So like, like I don't know like enough about the details of like what goes into a car game like this well, to really like distinguish something like that by like seven full points. Um, but it, this seems like a perfectly excellent um, racing game if well, you're interested. And it's on well, Game Pass. P- Peter, there's a character creator that you can make in Forza Horizon and get your own character. Oh, there plus, was, yeah. Plus fun DLC at times, like the Lego one and the other Forza games. And then plus you get to just the have Hot an Wheels. open world exploration. Uh, what'd I say? Lego? Did you say, is there a Lego they, one as well? I mean, maybe, but I did just there's right now Hot in Wheels. my brain. Um, they're, they're, man, a Lego one would be awesome. Lego, Forza. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a Lego Forza Horizon 4 Speed Champions. That's fun. That's a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. So, um, it's, but maybe it's a different game just paired with Forza. Uh, you know what? There's a there's a video game that has Forza and Speed Champions in it, so that's pretty cool. Oh, there you go. There you go. Next game, in the Metacritic Roundup, is uh, Detective Pikachu Returns. Now, Justin, Pika! I know you played the first Pika! one. Pika Pika. Um, did you play? Was that on 3DS? Pikachu! The first one, or was it also on like Wii U? Pika! Bika Bika. Let me let me hit you with another Pokemon sound. Here we go. Um, Geo Dude. <laughs> <laughs> or as you hear in the video game, <laughs> yeah, just mean. <laughs> I heard that once described as um, it sounds like the, the Pokemon got its ca- its its a uh, tail stuck in a car door. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Um, you played this like, one though, right? You didn't I like did. it so much. It was okay. So it was like everything wrong with the Telltale game when. Mm-hmm. You know what you have to do. <laughs> what did you drink? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh man, I tried to play that off. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was so challenging. This is like a this is like a Lacroix, but it's like a it's like a liter because I need to drink a lot of water, and it's grapefruit fruit flavored, which I don't like. I'm not a grapefruit fan, but I was hoping I could muscle through. And holy shit, wow, wow! It, it, it to be honest, it looked like you just drank some like improperly made kombucha, <laughs> like and it's just like <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Oh gosh. 
I'm going to drink this because I bought this and it's water, but like, no, oh there's my so many. Gosh. Just take a tap water, take the L, take the L. Like, there's no, like, that face, you can't hide that. <laughs> that was bad, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Tell me more about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> so, so, it was like when you're playing a Telltale game and you, like, know how to solve the puzzle, but you have to do it the way they want you to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so just, like, slow and straightforward and, like, the mysteries are not really mysteries and you got to get all the clues and it was like one of those games that you play to fall asleep and from what i'm reading this game is even easier than the other one Um, yeah that's not what you want huh the the core of the actual like mystery seems to be pretty okay from what people were saying but like it's just so simple and it's not even to a point where like kids would like it necessarily um but i don't know not really interested in this um do we say what it scored (laughs) Oh, no, we did not. Where is that? Um, <laughs> it scored a 67 on uh, the Switch, and it is only on the Switch. So, um, And, like, I think, like, uh, this could have been just an interesting game, but it just kind of looks like, I don't know, just it didn't go for, far enough with it sure. um, to make it something new and exciting. I don't know about you, but I kind of enjoyed the Detective Pikachu movie. Oh, that's good. Yeah, with... um. Ryan Reynolds, and Justice Smith. Justice Smith, yeah. Uh, some other people. The girl YouTube. in that movie turned out to be someone that I saw recently. <laughs> um, cast. Misty, she, was that her name? Misty. Catherine Newton played Lucy Stevens, and she was in something recently that I saw. Um, oh, oh, she was the, she's the new, she's Ant-Man's kid now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Anyway, you were saying. Oh, no, like that was a good movie. And I like I thought like that was a fun little story. They like I thought made a really interesting world. You had some cool things with Pokemon in it. But uh, I this game is good on paper, but I don't think it's necessarily a game for you and me. And even for someone like me who like likes Pokemon, I think a little bit more than you. Yeah, I would say you probably do. Um, You you mentioned like saying like, who is this for? And I think. Uh, Giovanni from Digital Trends says this pretty succinctly, saying, Detective Pikachu uh, Returns is cute enough, but I can't quite crack who it's for. A 12-hour reading-heavy narrative adventure that gets surprisingly dark, but with the pace and difficulty of a 90s educational game. (laughs) And, and, like, I think, like, that's a really interesting, like, premise. Like, if you were telling, just, like, telling me that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would be, like, oh, that's, like, kind of weird for Nintendo to just make, or Game Freak, or whoever to make. But, um... It's interesting, like, like, yeah, that is an interesting question. Like, who is this for? You know? Right, right. And, and like, part of the mystery of everything, and again, I think that's why the movie worked well, because you had, like, the basic plot, which was, like, a simple people trying to take over the world and make a Mewtwo, and, and uh, you had the Dittos who would, like, transform into people into in people, very horrific yeah. ways. Um, and, like, you still had the fun little action scenes, like that fight with Pikachu and Charizard, I think, is a very memorable moment of that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, like when you take that kind of stuff out of this game and just make it a very slow paced visual novel sort of deal. I don't know, not not necessarily something that I had circled and being like, I am so excited for this new Pokemon property. Um, but if you like it, I'm not raining on your parade. Um, I am not rainy daying. Um, you can rainy daying on your um, battlefield. I'm not. 
uh, Pokemon reference here inserted. Well, because in Gen 3, I think status conditions on the battlefield stay permanently, but I think they only last for three turns otherwise in other games. But, um, yeah, you're not doing any of that. You're not doing any um, Sandstorm. Did I ever tell you about my how I used to play Pokemon cards? Um, You might have, but please, please remind me. So I never actually like collected Pokemon cards. Oh, no, okay. I learned it. I can play it. Um, so I, what I would do is I'd go to my friends and be like, yo, what cards don't you want? And then they okay. would just give me all like their like dumb shitty cards that are probably worth millions now. So like I didn't have any chance of winning. So I would make a bunch of like decks that are, that were like centered around like the sleep. So like it would just be, okay. I would normally lose the game, but it would take a long time oh, for me to really lose. Long yeah, I would just keep said. going. Yeah, just <laughs> eventually, eventually, um, eventually, uh, I would usually lose. But the one or two times I got my Mister Mime out and I just rolled rolled through everyone. That was memorable moments for everyone. Uh, I was surprised <laughs> I had friends in high school. It's funny you mentioned though, like you know, Pokemon cards that are probably worth a lot of money now. Um, I very, very, very. Um, clearly remember getting rid of the majority of my pokemon cards i gave them to someone i didn't like get rid of them you know what i mean like i gave them yeah. to, to someone who's younger than me who wanted them uh so like like that was nice of me but like i'm like i probably had several hundred dollars worth but were they in like pristine condition um like some you know what i mean like like you know how like random ones will be like very like worth a lot you know yeah yeah because it's like one of those things like with Beanie Babies, I had a ton mm. of Beanie Babies. And my, my mom was like, don't throw them away. But I'm like, I know one's going to want this little thing I've like loved and kissed all I, yeah, day. I, like, I, it's loved, gonna be, I yeah. loved very deeply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, a thousand percent. Um, Detective Pikachu Returns. There you go. Probably not going to give that one a shot. But you know what I did give a shot, Justin? Assassin's Creed Mirage. Ooh. Um, shout out to my job for getting me this game. Um, this scored a 77 on PS5, a 78 on Xbox Series X, and a 77 on PC. It is unscored on PS4 and Xbox One, although it is coming to both of those platforms. It is also coming to um, iOS, if you remember. Um, the iPhone 15 Pro, I believe, will be able to play this thing natively. It's not like a streaming thing, um, which That's is so kind of cool. cool. That is so cool. That is kind of neat, right? Like that. I mean, phones are pretty powerful machines, you know, and, and so like for them to be able to run games, I think... Uh, makes a lot of sense. We'll be it'll be interesting to see like how they end up running when they eventually do launch. And uh, like I think like Resident Evil Four Remake is also coming to phones and stuff like yep. that. Better um, be some big ass text. Oh yeah, right. I mean like Leon, but like really like, small. It's gotta, be, it's gotta be a full port. You know what I mean? Like it can't yeah. just be like you know, just drag and drop it from one place if, to another. Not that that's how it works, but if Ashley screams but you can't read the subtitles, did anyone actually scream? Right. If uh, if uh. Uh, what are they called? Granados. You would know better than me. <laughs> if, if a Granados falls in the forest, does anyone hear the sound of his head explode? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Justin, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Mirage, and I want to tell you all about it. Um, it's all right. <laughs> these scores, these scores are about right. Yeah, seventy-seven, seventy-eight. Yeah, it sounds about about how it is for me. All right, next um, news story. Um, yeah, no, moving so, right along, easy. <laughs> So, okay, talk to me about it. Like, uh, how far are you in? What are you doing? Why is this just uh, an uh, okay Assassin's Creed game? Um, so I've played about seven hours of it, which to my understanding, and based on the investigation menu that sort of 
gets to be like postures a little bit as your like progress bar, if that makes sense. Um, I would say I'm about almost halfway through it. This okay. is a pretty short game, and and Ubisoft has been pretty um, open about talking about that, you know, about saying like, hey, this is going to be a shorter bite-sized experience. They've It has been no secret that this started as DLC, you know, and I think that this, um, that definitely shows uh, in its scope, which I don't mind necessarily, and I think that like some people might see that as um, kind of a knock against it, but you know, we've been talking every week about like, Hey, if a game is shorter, like I'm actually okay with that, you know? And, and that's certainly how it feels right now. Of just like, this is going to be a shorter open world game, but I'm going to be able to actually finish it this year, you know? Um, so like, that's not bad at all. You know, like I can, I can live with that. Um, but so, so yes. Yeah. Just really quick. You said it's an open world game. Mm hmm. And when I think of like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, to me, those are like open ass world games. Yeah. This is not quite like that, or is it still big and open like that? Well, I mean, like, it's the sort of thing where like open world games have gotten enormous, right? Like just ballooned in size. Um, where you're exploring like entire countries in, in like Horizon Forbidden West, right? Or it gets not the whole country, but you know what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Like huge, like huge, well, West huge Coast. portions of, of land, right? This is not that. This is a single city. This is Baghdad in, what is that, Egypt? I should know that. Where is Baghdad? Oh, Iraq. Um, it's the capital. The more you know. Um, but so it's, it's Baghdad, right? Um, which is a pretty big city. But it is definitely smaller and, and you get the the city and then the outskirts and then there's like different districts of the city and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it, it's just one city. But I mean, it feels big enough for what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't personally to me, bigger is not better. Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla was big, but like how much of that was like truly distinct and memorable in terms of like the, the land that you covered, you know, um, I would know I didn't get past the <laughs> like the first like major world. So. But like, but that's what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah. Like, it was just too big to even really comprehend. Whereas this is a lot more, like, uh, it feels a lot more well crafted in terms of its like area design, just because like there's just less of it. So I think a lot more attention got to get put into that sort of stuff. Um, or maybe not. Maybe this has always been sort of treated as a side story in terms of like the development teams and whatever. Um, but it certainly feels more focused than those other games did just because it is a little bit smaller. But I mean, like I, I wouldn't discount the fact that it is, I would call it an open world game that is on par with the size of uh, previous games in the series, not origins, Odyssey, Valhalla big, but certainly as big as um, France and unity or England and syndicate or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, it's yeah. not quite a major like sprawling global open world, but it's an open city. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, like I said, there are things that happen on the outskirts and in the the um, desert surrounding it. Um, I did a, a, a mission that was at the very bottom of the map yesterday, and that was, um, you know, two to three minute camel ride from the gates of Baghdad to where the um, the the mission actually starts. You know what I mean? So like, there's there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Um, two to three minute camel ride. a lot of stuff ride. going on necessarily, but like. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that, actually, now that I say that. Um, I said there's a lot of stuff going on. There's not. I mean, it's like, it's an, it's, this has been like a return to form for Assassin's Creed. Um, that, that at least that's what they've sort of been saying. Uh, but uh, like, 
I think Assassin's Creed, like the first few entries probably are better remembered in my mind than they actually were. You know what I mean? Because they were so fresh and new. Whereas this feels like an attempt to go back to that. But like, you know, the this series has been iterating on that co- those concepts for 15 years now. You know what I mean? So to even go backwards to that, to the smaller scope with like smaller side quests and stuff like that, it just doesn't um, lend itself well to be feeling like a new experience. You know, it feels like they haven't learned much from like the lessons that open world games have been teaching each other for the past 15 years. You know, Assassin's Creed one and Assassin's Creed two, those games specifically did a lot to shape the open world genre, you know, like they did. Um, But they are also old games that have since been done better with all sorts of things, you know. Um, So saying like there's a lot to do. um, It's just untrue. (laughs) Like there's a lot to there's a lot of check check boxes to check off you know you can, but like you can synchronize right you can synchronize that's the climb, same climb the tower climb the thing and you know you got yeah. the eagle like you've had in odyssey and Ooh. whatever else origins um do you have the hidden blades you do have the hidden blades but that's the other thing too though like is, is combat is um drastically reduced um so now you have just your sword and your dagger and that is it you are not picking up war axes you're not picking up like tons of new gear um there are there is new gear but it like that you can get you can get different swords and different like armor and stuff like that um but it is pretty um low key if that if that's the right word for it like those are not going to be major changes and you are also not going to be picking up new gear every single second like you were in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, it's, it's, I would say it's a little bit more like Valhalla where Valhalla, like, yes, had a lot of different gear, but for the most part, like you weren't finding like, that much, you know? Um, but this has definitely scaled back the RPG elements and I think that's um, good because I don't think they ever really worked in Assassin's Creed, but I still don't think they necessarily work all that well in this game. Um, the combat's bad, man. Okay, I'll just say that. How do you how do you combat in the game? Like, what are the button inputs first of all? Um, so they're they're still going with like the button inputs they were before, where it's like uh, left bumper is to sort of like block or parry, and then right bumper is to do a regular attack with your sword, and then hold right bumper to do a heavy attack with your sword. Um, enemies will attack you, and when they do, they'll glow gold, and if they're gold, um, you can parry them, and then basically get an instant kill. Um, but if they attack you and they are red, you can't parry that they're going to hit through your uh, parry or block and they're going to hit you for heavy damage so you just have to dodge um but it feels really flighty it does not feel like satisfying or precise um the parry window timing is like really weird <laughs> um so it just it doesn't feel very good uh, and the animations don't look all that good either um there's like two takedown animations i think per enemy type and there's only like three enemy types i've encountered so far um where it's just like regular guard dude big guard dude who can only really injure from behind and then like skinny guard dude who's got two swords and attacks really fast um but so for one of the animations for the takedowns for um for the regular guards he just like walks up and he like kind of lunges and like stabs through their chests with his sword but he does it very gently (laughs) in a way that looks almost like he's like like unwilling to do it you know um it's probably a pretty fucking sharp sword then is what you're saying perhaps um i'll say that he like i've heard some people say that like you know the game does not want you to be in combat like it's trying to like emphasize more of the stealth stuff because the combat does feel so like such like a last minute thing and like if you get overwhelmed you're dead you know like for the most part you just aren't going to survive very well and like i do think that that is um true like i would rather not engage with the combat in that way but i don't necessarily think it's 
like I think there's a way to make you not want to engage in combat by making it difficult and like like a last resort without making it also feel like extraordinarily bad to play. Does it yeah. make sense? Yeah, I mean it's still a, a portion of the gameplay that you're doing and they should yeah. just make a bad mechanic to discourage you from using it. Right. And it's not like it feels clunky because he's like, you know, new to the sword or anything like that. It feels clunky just because like the animations aren't very good. But I felt this way. So and like it just like it feels very flighty. But I felt this way about like Odyssey and Valhalla as well. That like the combat just like for whatever reason with their new engine just doesn't really work that well. Um, It is it is like uh, the the thing I really do like about it, though, are the assassination missions um, when you are like assassinating like the the prime targets that you're going for um, because they'll like pretty much just drop you in an area and say like, there's going to be different ways that you can go to. It's, it's kind of like dishonored where it's just like, you're going to have multiple different ways to get in and out of this place. You're going to have multiple different ways to draw out the target. So you choose, you choose how you want to do that and then um, do it. You know what I mean? It's a lot more like sort of an open sandbox as opposed to just like the open world stuff. And I do like that, like that stuff I've gotten a kick out of. Um, I mean, it's it's always fun to do stealth missions, in my opinion. The guards are like like pitifully dumb, but like maybe that's fine because it's still fun. You know, how are the actual stealth missions in it? Like, what are the variety of kind of missions that you have to do stealth wise? Um, Like infiltrating like prisons and stuff like that or like having to break into um a a like a mansion to get like a key or to like get information stuff like that um it's okay like like the environments i feel like are, are pretty good for the most part uh something i I've, have issue with this game though with is that like some doors you can open and but most you can't and you don't know that until you're like up at the door and the prompt either appears or does not appear you know what i mean um it would have been helpful if if they if there was like one specific type of door like the way the door was built that you could like know instantly or like if there was like a colored door that you could like know instantly that you could open or not. Um, I do know that they paid a lot of attention to in the development of like the different doors in the different areas of the city, which I think is actually kind of cool. So basically like in the different districts of the city, like different places had different, like just had different doors and that's cool. Um, and I think that sort of like accuracy to like a real life place, especially if you're going for historical accuracy stuff, like does pay off. And I think is, is noted by people who've been to those places and it does make it feel a lot really well researched. But at the end of the day, it also like does impact how the game plays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. In a way that where I'm just like, I'm like constantly being like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to exit through this way. Nope. Can't do that. You know? Um, but that, that's just how it goes when, when you're playing games in like a large city like this, I'm obviously not expecting every single building to be furnished on the inside. And that's not what I want, but, um, is, um, is it, uh, a tailing mission, uh, thing that you have to do? I've not done one yet. Thank fucking God. That I mean, like I've done worst. like walk and talks, you know what I mean? Where you're but, sort of like walking with people, but not like them. don't get too close. And they're like walking nope. and then they stop and they're like, Whoa. Oh, no, no, no. And they look behind them. You're just trying to and like, like stay and in they the sun. stop full like for 35 seconds. Yeah. And you um, get caught. You got to do the whole thing over again. Yeah. No, no, no. That is that. Is, I've not done one of those yet. Um, I, I guess there's still time because I know that this series does love that shit. But um, I don't know. It's it's interesting enough if you're a fan of Assassin's Creed. Like I, this is more of that. Um, it's less of the RPG stuff from the recent games. So like keep that in mind. Um, but it is I think also being sold at a a. Uh, smaller price i think it's 50 dollars as opposed yeah. to the 70 yeah yeah um so like hey. it's a shorter game but like I, I think there is fun to be had in it um i don't know if it's 
something that I would necessarily totally recommend while we're waiting for Spider-Man and Alan Wake and Mario. But if you've got the time and, and are a fan of this series, I think it's interesting. Or if you're even like interested in Bossom as a character um, from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like this is his origins and stuff like that. Um, I always find it silly though when um, I felt like, so in like the first Assassin's Creed, like I never felt like Altair and Ezio like I, I didn't ever feel like and maybe I'm misremembering this, like their outfits were like specifically like assassins branded outfits. I it always felt like they were just like trying to wear something that like would let them blend in and be like unnoticeable. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in, in this game, all the assassins have big assassins creed logos on their outfits. And it's it's like one of like the main people that you talk to. Um, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, she's got a very raspy voice is all I'm remembering about her, but she like has it like, like branded all over her. And I'm like, this is the least, this is the opposite of conspicuous or of inconspicuous. Like you are so like, I can so absolutely tell that you're an assassin just by looking at you in your outfit. And I thought your whole thing was to like blend into the shadows and not be seen, you know? Well, Peter, I couldn't tell that you're a, uh, near fan by looking at you. So. Oh, whoa. Got my tattoo. Whoa, I got my, man. Um, Dude. What is that? Is that my near automata? Uh, what is this thing called? A uh, key keyboard, keyboard pad. Key mat, yeah. Mouse yeah. pad. Yeah. Um, um, I, 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 mean, angled my, I angled my camera down there and like, you know, I'm wearing pants and whatever, but I do have this water bottle. So like I, I, was like, I was like, that's a, the gross water bottle that you're still going at. I've been, I've been sipping at it. It's challenging. It's a challenging <laughs> drink. Um, um, but there you go. Assassin's Creed Mirage, but, uh, like bef- a mixed bag. But yeah, what's up? Before we move on, what's the top speed of a camel? Do you know? Don't look it up. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say 25 miles an hour shockingly 40 miles per hour damn in they're short fucking it. not for extended period of time but in a short burst 40 miles an hour so but okay here this is true this is something i was thinking about though in my two minute trek through the desert <laughs> on the camera <laughs> is i was actually thinking about this like this is so uninteresting like there's nothing to see and and the game knows it's uninteresting because you can just hold the square button to follow the path and then i'm just watching my guy go on a camel. You know what I mean? Like, like there's like nothing to do with it. And, and I think that like these games are, are definitely feeling their age and the fact that they haven't really innovated or anything much, uh, over the years. Um, and I think that part of that just comes from like the fact that there's like one of these every year, obviously they've done one every other year for the past few times. But like, I, I, like I just, I, I feel like that they are, they're old and, and so many games have made getting from place to place interesting, right? Like even like Spider-Man, like that's such an interesting mechanic, you know what I mean? Of swinging from place to place that makes you want to travel and explore or like Zelda, like there is so much to see in the places between places, you know what I mean? Whereas this, I'm just watching a guy ride a camel for two full minutes. Are are we talking about Starfield? (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. I wonder if Starfield also could have learned some lessons. From from um, newer, more innovative games. I wonder. I wonder yeah. the collective improvement of video games. But Starfield is still living in uh, 1995. I was in a meeting today, and so we, we were talking about Starfield stuff, and I was talking about how like I haven't played much of it because I just don't like it very much. And um, it was suggested like, oh, could you make something about like why you don't like it? Maybe comparing it to a game you do like, like Skyrim. And um, one of the other guys in the meeting was like. Um, 
well, that would be really hard because Skyrim's not very good. <laughs> and I was like, mm hmm. Yep. We all think that. Uh oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, hey, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, careful. It's going to write itself if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. But but like the way he said it was like so earnest. He was like, what are you talking? What do you mean? Like, that's such that's such a bad comparison because Starfield is just so good and Skyrim is not that good anymore. It's like mm. let's let's <laughs> let's write your article now, um, because basically Skyrim is an old game. I'm going to I'm going to say, yes, it's an old yeah. game. Starfield should have been 10 years advancement on Skyrim in fucking space, which to me, yes. Peter, sounds like a fucking win. Yes, but it's 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 like a year and a half difference. It's they went backwards, <laughs> at, not even a year and a half. They just went back to oblivion and they said, well, let's make this worse. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> What if our game? What if we? What if I got an idea for a game named Loading Screen? Is that anything? Oh yeah, I love watching myself dock and undock onto an enemy pirate ship. I love. I love that the game is like. Do you want to watch a cutscene of all the item, like all the objects on the planet pop in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I don't, don't, don't do that. It's like, yeah. what do you think about all that foliage? And I'm like, no, it's no star film. Um, so there you go, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Assassin's Creed series in our bonus episode. Um, so if you're interested in that, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Justin, let's talk about the news. Wait a Ooh. second. No. No, I refuse. There's a lot of news today, but Justin, tell me about Lies of P. You said you played oh, it. Peter, it's just not a very good game. Do you really believe that? Oh, I'm not oh, a big fan grew. of it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Like, uh-oh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really think this is a, a game that's worthy of playing this year. Oh my gosh, the nose is so big. Oh my god, but you can only see it in the photo of me. <laughs> um, so yeah, played Liza Peak. I am probably about eleven hours in. Wow, um, you played so much. I did, and this is the game that um, I keep having to tell myself. All right, five more deaths till I t- stop playing. You get yeah. to your fifth death, and you're like, okay. I meant this is when I start counting the deaths till I stop playing. Yeah, and then. Um, then you don't really stop playing. I did the uh, same thing where it was just like, I'll give this a shot. And then 40 hours later, I'm like, that was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So I think, uh, and I think you, you, you talked about this, I think a little bit, but in my guesstimation, they took a lot of what made all of those, the Bloodborne games good. And they took a little bit from each of them to make it a very active rock, paper, scissors game in yes. a way that I really appreciate because they took the parry system from Sekiro, mm-hmm. sort of. Kinda, they yeah. um, require you to block like a Souls game, sort of. I mean, you have to parry better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like the combat itself is very reminiscent of like a, a Souls game in, a, in like a very good way, like an obvious good way, and like. Then they give you, uh, going back to Sekiro, they give you the extra arm that kind of adds that layer of uh, strategy as you're playing. Um, They just do so many things about it that while I feel like you can mislevel yourself to a certain degree, even though you can respec and everything, they there is so many options that put you in control when you die that it feels like I could try something else and probably beat this. I can use my different arm and probably beat this. I can mm-hmm. try this other weapon and probably beat this. And they're just doing, it's a, it's a very like nice little uh, game. And I really appreciate it because I feel like one thing that frustrates me and makes me stop more often than not in a souls game is when I don't know where to go. 
and yeah. I get a little lost about where to go next. And yes, you can look it up, but I feel like that kind of breaks the immersion of me just trucking forward. In this game, like you know where to go most of the time. And it's still like a little bit linear, uh, not linear. It's a little bit uh, allows you for exploration at times yeah. that you can like go around these like areas, not like that many paths, like maybe two different directions that you can go in, but it still allows you to explore in a fun way. Um, and I really do think that they are, they force you to get good in a way that I, I don't even think souls really does because it's that Perry block attack system. It's very very good because again if you haven't played the game you you can parry an attack a perfect parry will give you a no damage from an attack and i'm pretty sure almost every attack can be perfect parried correct yes everything can and it's um, also like on top of that too it breaks it it deals damage to their weapon and to their uh stamp not their stamina they're like poise right and um then uh, if you don't perfect block, but you still block it, it does that like bloodborne thing where it takes off some of your health and then you have to like hit them to get that back. And that just allows that window of opportunity. Like I missed it, but it's not over. I didn't like completely get one shot by this thing. I can still attack this thing to get my health back a little bit. And it still prevents you from wanting to get hit. Um, it still forces you to want to be aggressive um, and it doesn't slow down the gameplay and the combat to a point where I think sometimes Souls games can suffer from big shield, strafing for an opening, hitting yep. one time, backing up. It's quick, it's fast, you die, you're back into it. Um, it is hard at times, though, as you're kind of mastering that. I the, the timing for some of the parries on some of the bigger bosses is real tough for me. Um, I feel like the human enemies, I really enjoy fighting the human enemies or the humanoid enemies a little bit yeah. because I feel like they're like pairing their attacks is much more about timing big ones. It's just kind of like sometimes random, like where the actual hitbox is for me. It's just harder for me to gauge that kind of stuff, but you're so fast and so spry that you can just get every round, get around the enemies and, um, uh, a lot of circle strafing in this game, which is a pretty common thing in a souls game, but, um, I don't know. It, it's good. And the story is like, it opens up in a way and it guides you way more than I think you would get in a uh, Souls game and a Bloodborne or whatever. A thousand percent, um, yeah. In a way that just makes you keep wanting to play it and you're interested about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And even like when you're going to this world, uh, one of the places I just got through was, I forget the the Italian sounding guy's name, uh, the factory. Vanini's Workshop. Yeah, Vanini's Workshop. Um, you like hear a little bit about Vanini. You hear where he went and you get there and you meet him and you talk to him and it's like, oh, I got to do this thing. But like you're, you, it makes so much more sense because it's not just that creepy guy just like laughing at you. It tells mm -hmm. you like very clearly like what the story is and what these characters are and what the point of them is in a way that I really like. And it still has that ambiguity of what a, um, a Souls game can give you. Like, should you lie? Should you not lie? What does it mean when your gears start turning? Like all this like stuff that you're doing that you're really trying to be like, all right, I don't know exactly what this mechanic is or what it's doing, but it still is, there's a lot there. Um, and I think it's, there is a lot there. And when I first watched you do the let's play of it, the screen is kind of like visual overload at times. Yeah. But they onboard you in a way that it's not visual overload. It's not like you get everything all at once. It's like a nice, slow upgrade pace to get everything that you want. Um, so right now I'm to the point where I am in the church area. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And uh, let me fucking tell you, though, like while I was having some struggles with the game, the real like stopping point for me was the fucking Vanini, the Vanini's factory boss, the furnace guy. The f Yeah. 
Boy, it's tough. Well, that thing that was fucking annoying. <laughs> like, like that one almost broke me. <laughs> like, um, I was, I was almost like, okay, I get this game, I like this game, I'm not gonna finish this game, and then you beat it, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna keep going now, and then that's keep- that's how it was for me. I was like, where I would get to like, like I'm like at an impasse where I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be able to finish this, so I might as well just end it here. But then you get through, and you're like, well. I'm not going to end on the head. Like, yeah, I might as well see yeah, the area. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, so are you going to, you think you're going to finish this? No, because you said it's 35 hours long. And like, I yeah. know a lot of that is going to be my, like hitting my head against the wall, trying to finish things. And I feel like I understand it enough to like, know that I like it. And like, I think I'm at this point right now, Peter, um, where for the end of this year, I just have to sample a lot of these games and try them mm-hmm. out so I can have yeah. an informed opinion on them because, you know, part of its content, I want to make sure that I have an informed opinion on some of the game of the year stuff that we're going to be talking about later on. And there's still so many good games that I just haven't finished. And I know me, if I don't force myself to find time to play all of those games, I might not actually right. finish them, but I, I can't stop thinking about the game. And it does the combat thing that I like, and it also has a little bit of a story that I'm intrigued by um, enough to keep wanting me to going. So it's like that perfect like double double whammy for me. Um, I do say I I still wish um, that there wasn't the guessing game with upgrades because I feel like at the very beginning of the game I kind of I didn't know what weapon I wanted I didn't know what I want so I wasted a bunch of skill points at the very beginning. Yes, there is respecing I was looking that I can do a little bit later eventually. In the game, it's it's but it's pretty very late. far into the game. Yes, so that that's just like one of those things where I'm like ah shit I really like this weapon but I have been specking in this thing so the next time I get this other weapon I'm gonna have to go with it because I'm level four fifty right now. Um, and like it, it'll be significant. It will significantly hurt my progress if I, if I start specking for another weapon, but Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's just one of the natures of these beasts. The next time I play it, I'll be better for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm happy. I'm happy that you're having such a good time with it because, um, I will be talking about that for sure at the end of the year for sure. Um, Justin, I did finish Chance of Senar. I talked about that last week. Uh, I'll just touch on it briefly here. Um, that's the game where you are translating a different language for like a, uh, the Tower of Babel and you're, you're translating like five different languages at the same time. It's really, really good. Um, I got the platinum for it. It was a very easy platinum. It's a bunch of missable stuff, but like, um, basically there's like the, this side quest that runs through the whole thing where, um, the people on the different levels are trying to talk to each other, like on, on like video calls, essentially. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but they're like trying to talk to each other, but they can't, they don't speak each other's language. So you have to translate for them. Oh, and then, and then, so like they'll have conversations where it's like, um, you, you know, like someone will, one of them will say like, Oh, the bar, the, the warriors don't make music. Um, and, so so you can't come up by us and then you, the warriors will say like wait no we love music and then it'll be like you love music question mark and it'll be like yes and then so it'll say like something has changed in the, in the tower and then you'll go and then the gates are different are, are open now and so now the warriors are mingling with the bards and then to get the, all the trophies you have to go see all the different like little scenes of of them all mingling together it's very sweet um are those good game? I really are, the, are those hidden well, or like is it just like something that you could just pass if you don't want to? Um, they're also they're fast travel points. The video calls. Um, oh, okay. And they, they like they stand out because they're very weird looking. Because it's like, hey, why is there a a, a computer screen in the Tower of Babel? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and and the ending is basically like a final boss version of that. Of just like you have to translate <laughs> a bunch of different stuff 
four different people so that they can all chat. Oh, it's like um, reading reading my students' handwriting. Exactly, exactly. It's very good. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Speaking of very good, I played Venba. Damn, Venba, you got hands. Holy shit. I cried so hard, so hard during Venba, unexpectedly, at like 10 o'clock at night. I was like, oh, I might as well see this, because like you, I was like, I want to try a bunch of stuff that I know Justin's going to like to talk about at the end of the year. Um, what a what a fantastic video game Venba is on Game Pass. Again, this is the cooking um kind of visual novel like it is it is a very gameplay light sort of experience but um i'm not mad about that at all i I did it in like an hour um it it just tells the story of of what it's like to have immigrated to a different country away from your family and if you if how what it's like to keep culture alive um with with your children especially if your children um are going to be feel different for being from a different culture right um it's very funny not funny but um i uh my friend kevin is indian and it's about indian food and the kid in the game his name is kevin but in school they all call him kevin and so i texted him because i was like hey man have you ever heard have you ever had i think it's called like iblis or something like that it's like the first thing that they make um because i was like it looks really good and he responds like have i ever had iblis yes why are you asking me this at 10 30 on a tuesday <laughs> and i was like oh i'm playing a game about indian cuisine and he's like you're playing a game about indian cuisine <laughs> and i was like yeah man and the main character's name is kevin <laughs> uh, or i guess the main character's name is venba but um i very I good would, i would love to see him play that game just to like see like, what he takes from it because yeah. while like culturally i don't get the same feelings i think the part that makes it such a universal story it's about pushing away from your parents at a certain point, which obviously yeah. is kind of pushing away from your culture. Um, and it's like, I don't know if you're to that point in your life yet when you like reflect on your like childhood and like some of the stuff that your parents did that you kind of are like, Oh God, this is so stupid. But like when you're like, but now I look present, back at it and I'm like, I, I, this meant something. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it, it's just, it, it's just such like, I, and again, it's a universal story. No matter who you are, I think you can get something out of this game. It's really impactful. And I don't just say that because you know what, like it, like it really is, is I, this is true. I, the first thing I did in the morning afterwards, cause I knew she was asleep. I texted my mom. And I was like, I love you. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, like, Hey, I love you. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, cause it, cause it is sad. It's heartbreaking. Uh, it, for a little while just because like you're saying like growing up is really hard um and you know i obviously did not grow up culturally different you know what i mean than the people around me but like i imagine that that must have been very hard and if all you want to do is fit in then it's it's very hard if you um stand out so um maybe obviously if if, you know what i mean just like from looking at someone who's indian in canada you could just say like oh you're probably not from around here or like your family is not from around here you know what i mean um in, in terms of of the majority of the population, you know, but, um, fantastic game. Venba. it's like an hour play it. It's on game pass. I promise. Like you're going to walk away feeling like that was art <laughs> and like, yeah, I get it. I understand the world a little bit differently now, but yeah, good. Um, good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Justin, let's talk about the news. Let's do it. The first big news of, um, Today, this this broke this afternoon, is that um, the PlayStation 5 Slim is exists. Um, there are two versions of it, the PlayStation 5 with the disk drive, and then there's the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. Um, these are supposed to be 30% smaller, I believe, um, than, the, um, than the base models. 
Um, let me let me just hit you with some other specs here and pieces of information. Um, they uh, this is important here right off the bat. The PS5 with the disc drive is going to stay at forty nine uh, at uh, four ninety nine ninety nine, so five hundred bucks. And the um, disc less version is getting an increased price by about fifty dollars um, at forty nine uh, forty four. Excuse me. For forty nine ninety nine, so four hundred fifty bucks. Um, but if you get the disc less version, you can also purchase a uh, detachable disc drive um, for eighty dollars, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, they also said that this is launching in November um, in the U.S. and then will launch in other countries later in the year. Um, it has the a one terabyte um, SSD as opposed to the what like six hundred and something um ssd that that the base the other models had um they uh are getting new face plates because like there's like the design is a little bit different where it's like cut in half we saw i think we saw a leak of this and we couldn't we, we had no idea if this was real or not but um it appears that it was um the uh they, they can't stand up horizontally now they're only vertical um or they can stand up horizontally but you have to buy an additional what like thirty dollar um like stand for it, which is <laughs> kind of silly um, because, you know, the, the other base models, they, they came with um, just the stand included. Uh, what else here? Am um, I missing wait, anything? Uh, so just a couple quick things here. Um, the stand you can buy a la carte. I think it comes with the console so you can still stand it upright. Oh, so you do, oh you can it yeah, does come so with the console. You can you can buy it um, separately for your original PS5, which to be honest, I think is something that's much necessary if you have. Oh, um, I see what you're a saying. PS5, okay. so like uh, it looks like a much more sturdy base to make it stand up because as tall yes. as that damn thing is, it's not very sturdy um, no. for that. Um, the other thing is the disc drive. Um, it's not just that the 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 disc is like it's it's a UHD Blu-ray disc drive, um, which is something that I don't believe the um, was that an upgrade from what the other disc drive uh, yeah, is. Yeah, I think it's an upgrade from what the other disc drive is, and you could actually swap them out. So if you want to have a better disc drive, you can pay for it um, extra. I believe I think that's true. I could be wrong, um, but that's what I was reading. Oh, okay. Also, it says, no, the stand included with the console is the horizontal stand. The vertical stand is not included and it's $30. Oh. So it, it has to be vertical or horizontal um, right out the box, but you can pay $30 to get the horizontal stand, which is, that's weird. I don't know. I, I think that's weird. Um. <laughs> so I, yes, all of this is true. Um, however, what this ultimately does is I think it allows you to, yeah, it's all these like knickknacks that you can get to customize your console for the way you want. But I think ultimately this is a good way to keep the cost down um, in a way that makes it more consumer friendly. So if you do want to have the $600 console, you can get the better disk drive. You can get the stand that you want to stand up a certain way. Um, but like with this being a normal size console, it's not going to be a problem to stand it up in the same way. Yeah. I, th I think, right? I think <laughs> That's, that, like Sony's always weird about the, these sorts of announcements where it's just like, what is happening here? Um, I will say that they, um, the, the covers, the case covers, if you've bought those, um, you don't, uh, you, you can't reuse the additional colors. Although they did announce that, um, the, 
new PS5s will be getting additional colors, but not until after holiday this year. Um, first of all, second of all, they did say that the current models that they have been selling, um, they're going to stop production on those. And then these are going to be the only models. They did that with like the PlayStation four with the PS4 slim and PS4 pro where you just couldn't get the base version anymore at a certain point. Um, I think that's fine. I know people, people tend to get up in arms about like the death of like consoles for whatever reason, um, when, when something like this happens, but, um, I, I don't really, uh, I don't mind that necessarily. Yeah, no, I think, I think whatever. I mean, it's fine. I think this looks better. I think it looks cooler. Not a purchase I need to make. Um, not something I need to have. But I think it's just a way to fix their supply costs at a certain point. Probably just make things much more affordable for them. Um, and looking at it further, the disk drive, it is not an upgrade for the disk one. It's just the $79.99. You get uh, the disk drive and a plate to put on your digital version. Oh, because yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it, it's not like a, it's not like just a USB thing that you just plug in that would just sit. You have to like attach it internally. Yeah. Yeah. And you get another and like, plate on it so you can still like, and like transfer it. it into like transform it into a disc version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, weird, man. It's weird. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, so what do you, what, I mean, what, how do you, how does it, you take this? Does this make you feel anything? I'm not going to buy this because this is not an upgrade. You know what I mean? These are just like, it's a hardware difference, but it's not a, um, it's not anything like immense. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this is anything to write home about necessarily, but I just think it's again, them being like, all right, we're going to find a way to make this production easier. It's going to be cheaper on us. We can find a ways to make it cheaper for the consumer. Uh, we can make it better for the consumer. Oh, let's put it out there. Yeah, but they didn't make it cheaper for consumers though. Did they, they, in fact, they increased the price on the PS five without the disc drive. And now you have to pay for the stand. How much is it without the disk drive normally? Four hundred. Huh. Yeah, so it's got, that got a fifty dollar increase. Well, that sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then if you want to stand it up, it's thirty dollars. Um, I still think that comes probably down to the fact that it didn't um probably sell as well too. Well, but it's interesting too because they um I, I actually saved numbers on this. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, the, they, they have not pushed their disc less version of it, um, very much that, that has been something that has not sold as well because they just also haven't been marketing it. Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, Daniel Ahmad, this guy is an analyst. Um, he, uh, is a good follow if you're not following him on Twitter. Um, he, he tweeted this quote, tweeted, uh, the announcement and said, What's interesting is that unlike Xbox, um, unlike with Xbox, where all digital, where the all digital Series S is um, more than fifty percent of sell through, the PS5 digital version accounts for less than twenty percent of sell through. Although in both both cases, adoption rates were particularly driven by production choices and constraints. So, like, you know, there are there are other reasons to compare those two, and and it's not a one to one comparison. Is essentially what he's saying, but um, the Series S accounts for more than 50% of Xbox of the Xbox series that have been sold. And the digital PS five is less than 20% of all PlayStation five sold. Um, so, so it's just something interesting to, to think about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm looking at it. Is there more, um, storage in this new one? Oh yeah, there is. Um, so there is, that is something of an upgrade, but, um, you know, the, the disc version isn't getting that price increase either for this, for the new storage. So it's kind of um, weird. 
I know this isn't an exact like one to one, but do you know how much a one terabyte USB drive is? USB drive? Yeah. I'm gonna say sixty dollars. That's about what the what the hard drives are or the SSDs are. Uh, you can buy a cheap one for twenty dollars. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, these are flash drives, obviously, so it's not quite the same thing. But right. like, it's insane how. Remember a terabyte flash drive? What that would used to co- cost you back in well, the day? It used to be a dollar a gig. Like that is insane yeah. to think about. And I mean, I have some of these like uh, drives that I have that are like a terabyte, and they're like the size of a brick. Yeah. Oh, the world we're living in. Um, I don't know. Just this seems like a very Sony move. Looks cool, but is it really benefiting anyone but Sony? Ah, probably not. So I, I don't love the design either. I think oh, that I, I mean I, like I've it. never I've never really liked the design of the PS5 in general. Um, but I mean I think a lot of people have sort of pointed out that the new disc version, like the disc drive, looks like a growth. Like it looks like it, <laughs> it looks sick. <laughs> Um, I think the cool feature, the, the matte versus the shiny part uh, of it. Oh yeah. I saw someone talking about that. What so, part, so the, like the top the, part is shiny. Yeah. The top part is more shiny. The bottom part is more matte where you can replace those face plates. That's kind of cool. They did that with the PS4 base model. If you remember. Yeah. I mean, this looks a lot better. I don't think people can make fun of it the same way they made fun of the old one. Um, I guess so. I mean, yeah, probably. They can still make fun of it, of course. Yeah, I can but try. Like, not I'll, quite I'll, in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so there you go. That'll be coming out um, later this year. Justin, the Wii U and the uh, 3DS are, are finally going offline um, for all of their services. That's coming in next year, um, uh, April. That is. Um, it's it's basically all online services are going to be shut off for the 3DS and the Wii U, except for um, select Pokemon things, um, which <laughs> makes sense because like you know, like Pokemon Bank is where a lot of people have stored all of their Pokemon from across the years and stuff like that. So I think that that's a, a bit of a different priority. But like, if you're looking to play like Splatoon One, let's say. Um, online or, or whatever, you are going to be unable to do that. I think they also said that the Street Pass stuff is going to stay online as well, um, which is funny. Just the funny in the idea of like, oh man, Street Pass. I have not thought about that in a very long time. Um, but um, what, what do you think about that? That this just happens. You know what I mean? And we've, part I feel of, like we've known about this. It's it's part of the, the reason why whenever I like scoff at like, oh, fuck, you don't need to have a disk drive anymore. Um, this is why you need to have a disk drive still. You know, a lot of this yeah. stuff that, you know, just to be able to play your older stuff. Um, I think that is the sad thing. It's going to be harder to play certain games um, once the, the shops are gone. It's going to be harder to do certain things, even if you own these games, once the stuff is gone. Um, not impossible. There's still ways to do everything, but it just makes another step um, because you don't actually own your digital games, friends. Yeah. They can do whatever they want with them, but that doesn't mean you put in your disc like, you know, 30 years from now when you pull, put in your cyberpunk game into your PS4, it's still going to blow it up, you know? No, that's true. And like you think about like, you know, if you have not, if you aren't able to get those patches, like it's either like just not going to work because you just won't have like the, the, the necessary stuff that's on the disc, right? Or that's not on the disc or um, you're going to have to play pre-patch cyberpunk, which good luck. Um, uh, re- reading all the reviews of it, like, oh, man, this game must be great. <laughs> it must be. Um, were you big in the 3DS? Was that like your big console for you? 
Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I played a lot. Uh, let me say this. Um, I think I picked up, uh, I ended up having a 2DS because my older brother got it for me because he wanted to play Smash Bros with me, the the 2D, the 3DS Smash Bros. Um, so I had the, you know, a $50 2DS and a copy of Smash Bros. And that was it for a long time. And then um, I got out of my first long-term relationship and I spent the money to get a 3DS and to play a lot of Animal Crossing. And by that, I mean a fuck ton of Animal Crossing. Um, and then, so I caught up on a lot of stuff. So I caught up on like a lot of the Pokemon games I missed. Um, I, I caught up on, on, I think a fair amount of 3ds games, but the way you said that stuff, the way you said that I got out of the relationship. So I used the money. It sounded like there was some kind of like financial oh, settlement. No, 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 no. Yeah. Although, I mean, you know, when you're out of a relationship, you do have a little bit more money cause you're not spending it on, you know, well, I spend it more on video person. games. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I got animal crossing and that sort of helped me through um weirdly enough animal crossing and doom an interesting pair <laughs> that came up again later in my life huh um, strange actually yeah. <laughs> huh it's wow they really weird. get you through the tough times right yeah they do they do but um, animal no, crossing you, when uh, the pandemic was fun and, and doom when the pandemic was in its early days as well yeah 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 um, um, no, I'm not a huge a 3DS, 3DS player. No. Uh, just like you, the thing I played the most on it was um, Smash Brothers. Um, in fact, yeah. I was shocked I played that more than I did on the Wii U. Um, I basically bought the Wii U for Smash. And um, I believe it came out first on the 3DS. Maybe. I forget that the Wii U and the 3DS had a Smash. I think and it's I because a... it didn't have a name. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it just Smash for Wii U or something like that? Um... Let me look. It wasn't Brawl. It was just no, Smash. No, Brawl was on the Wii. I think it was just Smash Bros, right? Smash Bros. Super Smash. Smash and, smash and Kart. Um, it was, but it I, was just straight up called Super Smash Bros for a Nintendo 3DS and Wii U. What a name, man. But yeah, I played Smash 3D um, first. And then um, by the time it came out for the Wii U, I was kind of like over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like, if I'm correct, it came out first for 3DS, which everyone, jeez. Oh, uh, Smash um, for 3DS. October third, twenty fourteen, in North America, on the on 3DS, and then November twenty first, twenty fourteen. Yeah. So yeah, about yeah. a month or so. Um, man, that was I don't know, that was great. Uh, and they're both like slightly different, not like hugely different. I mean, they had like some like weird uh, outlining on the 3DS, so you could see the characters better. But I, I mean, it looked kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, you don't even notice when you're playing on that small weird screen anyway. So. Um, but yeah, 3DS was just one of those things I had uh, very late in the system. Um, didn't really. I had the 3DS XL. That was the one I had. Hated the fucking nub. The fucking you hated pencil the nub. Er- the pencil eraser. Like they wanted that to be a joystick. Make a joystick. Are you talking about the like? Hold on a second. Let me. Oh, grab you're this. pulling it out. Okay, he's gra- he's grabbing it right now. Um, I literally played Zelda Majora's Mask on the 3DS, and the nub hurt my damn thumb. Are you are you talking about this? No, the, no, the, no. Like the actual joystick no, thing? So oh, the, the, the nub that was like down here? Yeah, they had like on the 3DS yeah. XL, they had like an extra joystick so you could play things a little bit better. But it literally felt like you had like a, a mechanical pencil. It was like pencil. really thin, right? Yeah, it was, it was like, like a mechanical pencil eraser. It wasn't a joystick. It was just like you would kind of move it. And if you played a game that had a lot of camera controls, it would like legitimately give you like a little like bump on your thumb from playing it. It was like like a ThinkPad, like that red sort of like stylus, not stylus, like mouse it, thing. Even like worse, even right? yeah, yeah, even worse than that. It was it was like so almost there. 
Like they could have should have just gone all the way with it. But um, yeah, I, I really did not. I really think during the three DS and the Wii U time was when I was really into uh, Xbox. I think around that time, mm-hmm. that's when I played a lot of my Xbox games because yes, sure. yes, friends, you might know me as Mr. PlayStation apologist, but at one point I was an X bro. I well, I've, it's always been me, always has been. But three oh. um, DS, rest in peace. Um, I imagine there's people who are going to be mad about it. Um, but sometimes this happens. I imagine I'll be mad when it hits a system that I truly care about and still continue to play. But, um, Justin, here's something interesting. We've sort of been hearing about, uh, the last of us part two as a remaster or getting a re-release ever since, um, the composer mentioned it, uh, a few months ago. And then we, you know, we've been hearing off and on about the multiplayer, um, the rumored multiplayer in its condition. Uh, but we heard two things about The Last of Us this week. The first is that um, The Last of Us 2 colon remastered seems to have been confirmed by a developer, um, an artist named Mark Para, uh, Pajarillo, Pajarillo, um posted on his LinkedIn account um, saying that his responsibilities for overseeing the production of all outsourced environment, art, assets, weapons, and interactive props for two iconic titles, The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us 2 Remastered. Um, that has been since removed from his LinkedIn profile, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, we we don't know much about this other than the fact that we've sort of heard that this has been in the works. We don't know when this is coming. Uh, what do you think about Last of Us 2 Remastered? Anything? What? what? I got a lot to say about this. Love the mm-hmm. game. Love it. Um, but the nickel and diming of Naughty Dog at this point about releasing the same <sighs> yeah. fucking games just with better graphics is really grinding my gears at a certain point. Like, it feels like they're doing this to the it, like a ridiculous excess. Um, like, yeah, I understand that we need a PS5 version. Sure, great. But like, an, another remaster, it's going to be a full price, I'm sure. What they did with The Last of Us Part 1, I still have issues with the fact that that was a full price remake. Yeah. And I know they did a lot to like change it and make it, but like not but like, enough. I played it. I played it, and if you remember, I talked about it fucking every single week for like eight weeks straight with my friend Kevin at PS Source, and like there was not enough. Like like it's the same game. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. like I you know we we talked about a lot of the differences and stuff like that in there because like you know we were we were just like looking for things to talk about for an hour, but like at the end of the day, like if I didn't know that. I wouldn't have been able to tell, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of that stuff like that is the intention, right? Like a well, like it's, it's like a video editor, um, or like a movie editor. Like if the editing is good, you'll never notice it. Yeah. You know? And and like, so like a lot of that stuff is, could be applied there too, but like you're, you're right. You know, like full price for that remake. That is a lot. If you, it was full price for that remaster, I believe in 2014, right? Which was just a year after that first game came out you know it's been three years since the last of us part two but it's still so fresh in everyone's mind and i feel like no one even really wants to talk about it that much just because it's like it got talked to death and then you know we got the remake of the last of us part one and then we got the tv show which is just a remake of last of us part one like it's just so much and i love it (laughs) you know what i mean i love it to death but 
And what, I guess my question is like, what are you gonna do in a rem- in a remaster to make me want to play this? It is the, still the best looking game I've ever played. Remaster, in terms of like, like this yeah. ain't even a remake. It was listed as remaster. Plus, it's like Last of Us Two instead of Last of Us Part One. So if this was your fucking like profile here, you yeah, should at least that, have that wording that just profile. a little bit. Yeah. You know, Last of Us Part One, Last of Us Part Two instead of Two Remaster. Mm-hmm. Like those simple things are just come on, get get your wording down. But yeah, it's I, I love the game. Will I play it again on the PS5? Will I buy it full price? I don't believe I will. And that's, I think, the thing, right? Um, for me, it's like... Um, for me, it's like, is this game going to be significantly different for me to justify buying it? I'm going to say probably not. Um, if this is... If the marketing, for, obviously the marketing for this hasn't even started yet because it's just been like leaks and whatever. Um, but if like, if it turns out that this is just the PS5 version of the game, you know what I mean? It's like a free update or something like that. Then, then yeah, I can, I can see myself dipping in to just like check out what that looks like and whatever else. But like, yeah, if this is sold as a full priced sort of secondary um, release of this, like, I, I don't know. And it sucks because like just let Naughty Dog work on something new because these games are fucking good. And I don't need to be reminded that they're good because I remember that they're good, you know? Now, to be fair, if this means that they can still fund enough people buy this, that they are still able to fund their next project without having to do whatever, if it's what's best for the company and people are still buying these games, that's great. It just, to me, gets to that level of just being a little crazy to think about that they keep doing this with their yeah. good games but uh, it just isn't it weird that they never did this with like uncharted it's because I, mean, I guess they did suck. they did the <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, you know actually now i think about it they did do this they did re-release those games and whatever, oh yeah, but, yeah they had like that collection right and yeah well there's the nathan drake collection which is like one two and three and then there was the like thieves never die or something like that yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, collection yeah, yeah. which was four and lost legacy but um in addition to that um last of us studio naughty dog has let um several um workers go i think 25 um developers were let go um due to downsizing it does not seem that it is uh been full-time staff but more contract employees um which is you know there's just been a lot of layoffs as of late and this is just another one to add to the mix um so it's not necessarily noteworthy other than the fact that like hey it sucks that people are losing their jobs continued (laughs) continued people people are continuing to lose their jobs in the games industry um but it has been said by one of the people who um was laid off among other things that they were working on the last of us multiplayer game and that it is not outright canceled, but it is still on ice. Um, so that it's just not in active development potentially, or that, you know, it hasn't been just straight up like canned, but that they are, um, not, not really going forward with it. What do you think of that? Um, so this one line just, kind of spoke to me from this Kotaku article. This is written by um, Ethan Gash. Um, And it says, sources tell Kotaku that no severance is being offered for those currently laid off and that impacted developers are as well as remaining employees are being pressured to keep the news quiet. Their contracts won't be officially terminated until the end of October and they'll be expected to work through the rest of the month. Sony did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Let me tell you. Your boy gets fired. 
there's not going to be a fruitful month of me working. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it, it would, it, no. like, and I think this just goes with one of the bigger issues, too, with the uh, contract workers in video games and how they do have different set of rights. We've talked about this with Nintendo, I believe, how they have the different, like, card systems, the colors um, based on yeah. their, you know, like, oh, you are the full-timer versus the contractor, and they just have, like, different, they have different uh, privileges between the two. I think it's just kind of sad that this is what some people have to do and they don't have the kind of protections that these full-time employees have, right? Like, um, I mean... It's it's the sort of thing... I'll talk candidly about this. I'm a contractor for, for dual shockers, and, like, you know, like, that means that I do not have the same employee rights as maybe other people. I don't know what the circumstances with other people who work at dual shockers specifically do, but, like, you know, at the parent company, for sure, those are, like, official employees who, like, get, like, health care through their employee and, like you know, would get severance pay if they were let go, you know? Um, and, and so it's, it's just always disappointing to see when contractors are abused like this in the industry, because I understand it and I get it. And like, I always look at it as a way for a big company to get around having to, um, treat everyone equally based on what they think is, um, like worthwhile for them. You know what I mean? Are the, you know, are these people, at Naughty Dog who were laid off, like are they viewed as the most essential workers um, on, on their projects? Probably not. No, because they were let off, let, let go. Right. But like, it still sucks that they would even sort of be the first ones to be fired. If something were to happen just because of that, you know, you know, and, and I mean like from a company's perspective, I'm paying you to do, I'm paying you X amount of dollars to do something. I'm not just going to, pay you X amount of dollars plus everything else to hire you to do the same job as a full-time employee. Like, like I, I think part of it is just from the very get go with, with people, they use contractors in order to be like, we are going to onboard you into our, into our employee system here. Like this is going to be the start, but like, you're not ever given actual rights or actual pathways to do that. They just hire who they want to hire no matter who the contractor is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just you're just put it it's it's a very it's an unfortunate position that a lot of people kind of are forced into as a part of this industry and a lot of other industries too, but you hear this kind of stuff and yeah, Last of Us multiplayer is probably not going anywhere great soon, but like the fact that so many of these contractors are being let go because eh, we're just going to wait to do this for now. It's just a, a sad reality of this job and I, I feel for these people. I really hope that they find something um soon um and that they haven't uh not too spiteful last couple weeks at naughty dog yeah it's interesting i was just looking too on the person who had the leak from last of us part two remastered you know what i mean and i was like are they a contractor and were they updating their linkedin profile because they're you know oh looking for yeah work? they are he, he is not at least not according to his linkedin he's been working there full time um he's the lead outsource artist so he does work Ooh. with contractors it seems um but he's been there for uh, almost 3 years at this point um and it doesn't seem that he has ended his his time there but um yeah it's always bleak when all this sort of stuff happens but so there you go speaking of bleak let's talk about redfall <laughs> redfall game <laughs> update 2 patch notes bethesda.net um there is a laundry list of patch notes um, for the most recent Redfall update. Um, they're trying to say that, hey, you know, this is bringing a lot of uh, it's bringing a performance mode to Xbox Series X and S. Um, it's adding a whole lot of other stuff, um, but it's 
sort of curious, like, is this worth it? Is anyone playing this? And uh, Tom Henderson from, what's his website called? Insider Gaming. Um, did a little bit of snooping. <laughs> I'll just read this tweet for you. You uh, you sent this to me. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, Redfall has seen a massive 66% increase in players on Steam from 35 yesterday to 58 today. <laughs> so uh, not super, not super, um, it's not a lot of confidence here to say that this is going to be any good. That said, um, you know, this is Steam and the game is on Game Pass, which I feel like is a, the place where most people are going to have played it. But um, yeah, what a... <laughs> I'll be interested. At some point, I will jump back into Redfall. Not jump into it, but like check it out to see what is different about it. You know, it's been, what, six months? The game came out in April, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, six months, what what has changed? Is is the game improved at all? Or is, you know, obviously they're still working on it, but like I'm curious if like some of the bigger issues that were there with its design um, are fixed. Because like at the end of the day, yeah, I think we talked about this a lot with like Cyberpunk even when it came out. Like, yeah, a game can be buggy, but like if it, at the end of the day, the core of the game is bad. Like that's going to be a lot harder to fix, you know, post-release. But yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to the point that the issues with Cyberpunk were a lot of technical issues, not the core gameplay loop. And I think that even goes in line with, I didn't IGN give it like a really high score when it first came out? I mean, a lot of people did, because if you played it on like a really high-end PC, PC which is what it was CD great. Project Red recommended, then yeah, it was probably pretty good. Yeah, so like giving that, that score and like, I mean, yeah, it was working, and when it worked well, it was a good game. This one, you could have made put this on a rocket ship, and it still would have been a <laughs> shitty game to play. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter like anything around it. So, yeah, they're fixing some crashes. They're making it have a performance mode. They have it run at sixty FPS on consoles. That's great. But let me tell you something. I did not think that game was bad because of the sixty frames per second. No. Um. Like, let me read you some of the combat fixes here. <laughs> Oh, God. Players can now sneak up and take down unaware cultists and bellwether enemies with staked weapons. Yeah, I so, could do that too because they were T posing in the background. They didn't notice me coming in. <laughs> well, but but now there are t- stealth takedowns in the game oh, that has okay. apparently stealth options. Yeah. Um, enemies now repositioned to avoid friendly fire. <laughs> uh, so like just like that sort of stuff of just like some pretty pretty simple, pretty basic video game stuff but um redfall maybe maybe that'll be something um, what, game, what, what game did i say it was better than again something last week didn't you i ben, i uh, uh no um what was it liza p oh i mean i made a joke about that but yeah there was there was another oh, dishonored game. dog well Come on. i mean at least at least i could make fun of how bad that game what redfall was dishonored is just everyone loves it and it's bad do you think it's bad you, like you think it's capital B bad Dishonored capital A average wow I never played Dishonored 2 it's probably fine but yeah I have I, I played like the first mission or something like that and I didn't finish it don't give but, me all these fucking cool tools and then tell me that if I fucking kill people I get the bad ending you know what go to fucking hell Dishonored that is that is like one of those things where it's just like let me let me do this let me yeah, play, let me play the game the way I want to play, play it yeah you ruined the game for me by making me try to make it a stealth game trying to blink behind enemies in like the perfect frame so I could get them without being killed like stupid fucking stupid dishonored fucking I think that game like the shit. it's like a Broke 10 year me. anniversary of that like recently yeah 10 yeah take your 10 copy years of and delight burn it justin no 
You can. That's fine. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, go behind country. a stealth kill it. And I can do that now in Redfall, so. Um, but if you stealth kill it, you will get the bad ending, which is that arcane no! shuts no! down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Activision Blizzard, Justin, <laughs> tweeted out something interesting today. Um, so obviously we've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is, is coming up. Um, I think the beta codes have been out. So people have been playing the beta recently. Um, I've not really looked into that. But um, they did tweet this from the official Activision Blizzard Twitter account. It's awesome to see anticipation building for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. As we continue to work toward regulatory approval of our Microsoft deal, we've been getting some questions about whether our upcoming and recently launched games will be available via Game Pass. While we do not have plans to put Modern Warfare 3 or Diablo 4 into Game Pass this year, once the deal closes, we expect to start working with Xbox to bring our titles to more players around the world. And we anticipate that we would begin adding games to Game Pass sometime in the course of next year. So it seems like they've confirmed here that um, Game Pass will not be getting the full Activision Blizzard lineup like right when the deal goes through, um, but that the games will be started to be added um over over the course of 2024 um which i guess that makes sense to me right like oh. like the bethesda stuff didn't all go up like the day that that all went through i i think this is a little bit different because i th- i feel like if you like you put call of duty like the new call of duty game on this uh game pass like that is going to that's a big deal actually that's a big fucking deal right there like not that bethesda games aren't big but like this is a mainstream kind of big that um i think is a huge news now it doesn't confirm that this is their plan but it's certainly alluding to that based on the wording of this and based on the juxtaposition of these two paragraphs to me like it's yes. really telling you like, well not yet but just give it time we'll put more games on there um now i think this could be a great backlog situation like the way to get some of the older games maybe not the current one i don't at a certain point i don't care i'd love to kind of just be able to play through the the history of call of duty um from call of duty one all the way to uh modern warfare three like i think that would be a really cool history of call of duty and if that's what they do i don't honestly think that would hurt sales too much because you've got in order to be big on call of duty you got to play it now like when it comes out so I think that's cool, and I think there's definitely ways for them to still make money on this. Um, not that they wouldn't make money on Game Pass sales, because I'm sure they would. Um, plus, it's still on PC. It's still on um, PlayStation. People will still buy it where they can, uh, but it's whatever's going to make the numbers go up the most for Microsoft. It's like a money clicker when they have this new deal now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think you're totally right, though, about like, you know, if it, like it, it doesn't need to have all the big stuff right away when they start adding stuff to Game Pass. But, you know, like it'd be cool to have some of those older Call of Duty campaigns go up just because like I would love to give those a shot again. You know what I mean? Just just to see without having to, you know, find my old discs and whatever to, to give them a shot. You know what I mean? And then imagine like if some of those are enhanced on Xbox Series X and Ooh. S in the same way that some of those, you know, backwards compatible games have been. Ooh. I would like that. Um, or even, you know, there's like a lot of the like Activision catalog that like I've never checked out. Like I would love to check out the, um, that Tony Hawk pro skater one and two remake, you know, um, I'd love to give it, give, um, if they add like, uh, I'm looking at a list here. Oh, prototype I, one and two. I'd love to retry right. those. Peter, this is going to be a great game for us to play. We could do a bonus show on this. What are your top Activision games that you want to see in a backlog? What are your top Blizzard games that you want to see in a backlog? On a backlog, like just to play again? Yeah. Uh, number one, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Is that on? Uh, wait. 
It's an Activision. Activision. Whoa, Activision buddy. published that game. Hell which yeah. Means that I think Xbox owns it. So it's unclear if they own the IP or what, but um Oh, I guess the, I guess we're not seeing a Sekiro 2. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we could. No. Well, I uh, bet I guess I guess it would have to be developed by I mean, if, if well, they can get FromSoft to do it, I think, uh, I no. think, cause, okay, here's the, here's the deal. It's me. To me, I, I could see them doing a Sekiro 2 developed by FromSoft, just published by, you know, Xbox Game Studios that would launch multi-platform. Uh, multi no, Peter, you're forgetting a very key fact here. If it's a good game, it has to be on Sony. So they're not going to do that. <laughs> so no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I could see it. I could see it coming to, to PlayStation as well in the same way that, you know, like, Microsoft is on PlayStation or no, Minecraft is on PlayStation. But you know, then they, it would they, be they, on Xbox and we don't Starfield's want Starfield's on PlayStation. No. No. Can you no, imagine also, that? You said, you said good games are on PlayStation. Yeah, right. So yeah, <laughs> keep it Xbox. Keep that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one more, one more sort of game update story here. Um, also coming in um, the wake of additional layoffs. Um, Basically, we uh, we heard layoffs about um, from Telltale Games. It was unclear how many people um, had been laid off, but um, Telltale Games uh, did did make a statement about this because someone named uh, J. Jonah Jameson Jonason. Maybe that is their real name, or maybe that is the name of their um, favorite comic book character who needs them pictures of Spider Man. Give me Spider-Man. They tweeted this. This is a sore subject, but I feel it's necessary to add to the gaming layoffs news. Telltale laid most of us off in early September. Status on the Wolf of Among Us 2, can't say. Parentheses, NDA. Now I focus on what matters to me, my own game, and the following words, games industry, we must unionize. There have been some stories about um, CD Projekt Red unionizing, um, and there was another studio that I thought was also um, unionizing as well. Um, oh, the Just Cause studio. I'm forgetting the name of them, but they they apparently um, are working on unionization efforts as well. Um, but let me see if I can't find this story by uh, about the, the statement read by Telltale. Oh, here it is. Due to current market conditions, we regrettably had to let some of our Telltale team go recently. We did not take this action lightly and are committed to storytelling and finding new ways to do um, new ways to do so remains the same. Uh, we are grateful to everyone for their dedication along this journey, and we are working to support everyone impacted. All projects currently in development are still in production, and we have no further updates at this time. Telltale. So there you go. I'm just going to say... itching for Wolf Among Us 2? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I think Telltale had its moment, and I, I'm still surprised that they were back in any kind of capacity. Um, I didn't realize they had released anything, and then I heard someone talking about The Expanse, the Telltale version of that game, or yeah. that show, and I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm just on like a random thing about um, Telltale, and back in 2012, Telltale doubles their California studio size um, to 22,000 square feet, which is fucking massive. But that makes sense. In 2012, they were oh, just yeah. the Walking Dead had just come out, and they were hot shit, and they were like, "We're gonna do every IP imaginable: Guardians yep. of the Galaxy." Um, um, and then right, right below it, um, Back is, to the Future. A, a game developer uh, dot com article that says Telltale Games initiates majority studio closure. Update Telltale Games, the studio behind games like The Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us, is all but closing its doors six years after their expansion. 
Yeah, it's rough. That's quite rough. But there you go. Thank you so much oh, for listening. Dude, 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 something positive, please. What's a positive thing in the world that's happening that we can talk about? Um, I hate ending with a layoff. We could talk about the Unity CEO stepped down effective immediately. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, make stupid um, plans. Get yeah, out of he, there. I I don't have the stuff pulled up in front of me right now, but it seemed like he had maybe retired with some egg on his face, or perhaps was not retired. Um, willingly, unclear here, but that yeah, happened. They they like you see him like leaving the suit with one of his boxes and just a bunch yeah, of black eyes yeah. and like bruises on him from everyone just beating him up. Um, seemed like he was walking out, yeah, with the big box full of his his stuff. Um, but that guy seemed kind of I, I'll say it, seemed kind of like a dick. Um, based on what he had said about it, but he said, I don't remember what the exact quote is, but he said like people who make indie games are fucking stupid. <laughs> so like good thing to say is the maker of the engine that a lot of indie games are made in, but, um, something else good in the world, Justin Makovich, it's fall time. Um, it's sweater weather. Look at us. Which means, yeah, we're matching, matching colors. We it really did, um, does look like we're doing like a Christmas special or it, something like I that. I know, I know. We got to change the infographic, um, but, you know, we'll do that next I time. I know. It's kind of adorable, actually. Yeah, it's, we didn't even plan it. It just happened that way. No, I know. Mm. It's just it's, the fall season is calling us. You it know? is. It is. It's here. Um, so here's something good. Pumpkin spice lattes are here, and they're most delicious at this time of year because it just feels so good to be in the fall. Yeah, I haven't had one yet. Are you, are you a pumpkin spice fan? Pumpkin spice latte fan. It's fine. I don't do Starbucks because sure. you know I'm a cheap, cheap old boy who spent a lot of money on a coffee maker that I use every morning. You do use it though, don't you? you oh know. yeah. I mean, like I feel like every single time we get ready to record, you're like, I'll be right there. I'm getting my coffee. I did not All make right. the death coffee today, so that's a good thing. Oh, well. I know. I'm growing there up. There you go, Justin. This ends episode number 163 of Hitbox, a podcast about video game news you want to join us in our discord server the link to that is in the description of this episode if you want to support us on patreon patreon.com slash hitbox pod become a one dollar podcast producer or a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like jay noel like dave parker you know the rest they're getting extra bonus episodes every single week we're putting one out about assassin's creed today i'm talking about our our history with that series and, and where are we uh, how we feel about it right now um if not if you can follow us on twitter at hitbox pod and rate this podcast on your podcast player of choice that means a lot to us justin am i for getting anything uh you're just forgetting to give yourself a good pat on the back because you deserved it and everyone just let you know he did this with half an ear down so i did i did and um my ear isn't in this headphone but um my ear does hurt let me say that <laughs> and um i thought this Sparkling water was going to be a delightful treat to have to quench my thirst while we recorded, and I had about four sips of it. Um, I'm so, shocked you got that far. I would have just given up. Um, it's it, it, like when I initially tried it, it was just a surprise. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like it was like Ooh. so. There you go. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>